be seated. And it's by the name of Jesus that the first wave of disciples would say to someone, your sins are forgiven. And by the name of Jesus, you'd get up and walk. And by the name of Jesus, you are made whole. You are healed. And you, the, the stuff that messes up your life will be better and fixed because of the resurrection of Jesus who has more powerful than death. His power is the power by which we live. I want to talk with you for a few moments just about talking to God in the name of Jesus, this thing that we call prayer, what we've been doing for the next little bit. I'm going to only read from three verses in 1 Thessalonians 5, so if you have a Bible, go with me there. But I want to just talk about praying, about talking to God, because for some of us, prayer is enjoyable, and for others of us, prayer is work. You have to work at it. But I want to let you know, prayer is war. Prayer isn't preparation for the war. Prayer is the battle. It is the war. But in every case, when we pray, we touch heaven. We connect back with the God of the universe. We talk with the God who spun the world into being. To think that we can do that, to talk to him, and then he listens to us, and then he responds. That is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And no more is, no more is that... Uh, ever seen than in children. We, we long for going back to being kids again, don't we? I mean, I, just, I love childlike prayers. Any of you pray these? Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to kid. Anybody pray that prayer as a kid? Yes. Bless this house, O Lord, we pray. Anybody? Yeah. God is good. God is great. Maybe you were from the King James generation of... Uh, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Yeah. Kid-like prayers, they touched heaven. I'm reminded of the kid who was called upon to pray. It was a Sunday afternoon, and that family had invited the pastor's family over for Sunday lunch, dinner, as it is on a Sunday. Big deal. And then, of course, that family then realized, what have we done? We've invited the pastor's family over and we want the lawn to look good and the house to be clean and we want dinner to be perfect and of course the preacher went long and preached long and the roast burned and wasn't going as well as it should and there was stress between the husband and the wife because the, that family's coming over, they have guests coming, they want to impress them and they want to do their very best but they can't and so they're, they're nipping at each other as they set the table but they're trying to smile. Finally they get around the table, it's time to eat and the husband's in no mood to pray. And he looks at his wife. She is in no mood to pray. So she looks at one of the kids and says, you pray. And, uh, and he, 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 really? And what should I pray? And the dad responds, just pray one of the prayers you've heard your mother pray. He, this guy's in no mood. He's not going to pray. So he says, okay, let's bow our heads. Oh, Lord, why did I invite these people over anyway? <laughs> Amen. I love kid prayers, don't you? But kids just pray what is in their head, what's in their heart, right? They just do. We don't do that because we think, oh, he's too busy, he wouldn't, he wouldn't understand. Kids just ask for it. They just do it, right? And that's, that's the incredible part of this thing. Actually, it's, it's Jesus who's saying, you need to become like a kid again. You need to pray like a kid again. And when a child prays and a child touches heaven, that's the kind of faith I want to have. That not so negative, not so, oh, he would just be too busy or is too much or I have to think it through before I ask. They just ask in simple faith. And if I've made a mistake, 
oh well, you can find me. You'll know where I am. You know, it's just the way a kid prays. But they touch heaven. And I want us to touch heaven, but I want us to do it united in prayer, all together in prayer. Um, and I want it to be our lifestyle. I'm not asking you, by the way, I'm not asking you to pray flowery, profound, poetic prayers. Prayers with lots of big words, prayers that are long, prayers that repeat themselves. No, a sentence, a request, a good morning, Lord. That's all. I just want you to walk and talk with the Lord and just check in over the, the, the time of the day. Simple prayers of practicing the presence of the Lord. Where do I get that from? First Thessalonians 5. Read it out loud with me, would you? Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Three verses, really short verses. Rejoice always. In other words, get an attitude adjustment. Pray all the time, nonstop. And as you do that, make sure that you give thanks in all the circumstances. And if you've ever wondered what God's will is, this is it. Uh, you know, people are saying, I wonder what God's will is. Well, it's to rejoice, give thanks, and pray. Always be in touch with God. And then you'll know what God's will is. It's his good and perfect will. We are called to pray, no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation. And it does something to our head when we include God in the equation of our circumstances in life. It does something to our perspective when we just include him in the conversation. And we see that God is up to something good, and, and because of that, we can give thanks even before we know what that good might be. And that builds character in our lives, but even more importantly than the character, and the character is pretty important, what it does is it strengthens relationship with God that I can go to him and that I can talk to him. But if we don't do that, what will happen is we'll view Christianity as somehow sterile or static and it becomes a bunch of rulemaking. You're, you're doing this stuff, but there's no relationship. And, and Christ didn't die upon a cross, come here personally, die upon a cross, pay for our sins, go back to heaven just for a set of rules. He didn't do it. it was not, that's not good enough. He wants a relationship with us. He wants us to talk with him and to listen. An old hymn put it this way, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. Isn't that good? Um, it was F.B. Meyer. The greatest tragedy in life is not unanswered prayer. It is unoffered prayer. Wow. So go to God in prayer. And there are some benefits to this. Um, praying heart releases our anxiety. David did it in the Old Testament, book of Psalms. It's a bunch of prayers. Some of them, he's just, go get them, God, I can't. Do it for me. And Peter writes, it, it, don't hang on to the anxiety. Unload it onto the Lord. Make your request be made known to him. So it lowers the anxiety. That's one benefit. The other is that it taps, it, it taps into the power that can change the course of history and change the course of your life. The book of Acts, the very first generation of Christians, they knew this. They would pray, and, and the Lord would move, and it would change history, literally. But a praying heart also recognizes, really, God's in control. He, he's in this equation. This is a lordship issue. Either I can struggle my way through, or I can, I can go through this struggle with the Lord beside me. And if you'll do that, you, you'll get way better perspective, way better um, strength for character for the challenges that are, that are ours. So you're asking, how am I gonna do this? Well, very simply, 
Uh, let me just give you three things to help you get it done. One is just make it a priority. First Timothy chapter two puts it this way. I urge that first of all, that we make petitions and prayers and intercessions, different kinds of prayers, and thanksgiving, that's another kind of prayer. We make that be made for all people. And then he includes people you wouldn't normally pray for, like kings and those in authority, like people you have a disdain for. Okay? You pray for everybody. And he, and he says, I urge you, first of all, make it a priority. First is a funny word. I, I believe in the inspiration of the scripture. There's no mistake here that he uses the word first. Because it, what it does is it, it clears the way. This is the priority. And it's first on base. It is the first step. The first thing that you do is that you start with prayer. Because we are, we are marvelously complex people. But in the human nature, that God understands this because he put us together. He made us. He knows that. And he knows that first is a significant thing. We know that first is an issue of positioning. Have you ever um, gotten up in the morning and eaten a great protein and you, you start your day right with a good, good piece of protein, maybe some fruit and maybe some water and some coffee? You ever done that? You ever gotten up and eaten a donut? Just me. Okay, thank you. One, one more song. We are brothers. And we are praying earnestly for the Krispy Kreme to come to our town. Okay. <laughs> Another great house of worship. Yes. That was a joke. That was just a joke. But if you start out your day with junk in your system, that's why you can't eat dessert first. That's why you, your grandma, your big grandma's house, it's 5 o'clock, dinner's at 5.30. You say, can I have a cookie? No, it'll, it'll what? It'll spoil your dinner. It's what's first in your stomach. But it's not just your stomach. It's first in life. Have you ever gone into a room, into a discussion? You've walked in a room, started a discussion, and you go, could I back out of the room and start the discussion over? Anybody else done that? Once again, just me. Okay, good. Walk in a room, start a discussion. Go, this is, I didn't start this right. Can I get a, it's called a mulligan. It's a great theologian's term. It's a start over. It's a do over. I want to start this thing over again. Because you started badly, it's going to end badly. The same thing is that way with first impressions. You get a first impression on somebody, and if you don't like them, they've got to do nine good things in your head before you begin to like them. And some of you go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight and a quarter, eight and three-eighths. I'm not giving them nine. I'm just not. You know why? Because first impressions really make a lasting impact. It's first. The Apostle Paul knew that when the Holy Spirit inspired him to write, first of all, make sure you pray. But why? Because that has to be the first position. Marketers know this. When they open a store, Fast food, doesn't matter, easy quick mart or a fine dining establishment, they want to be the first of that kind on that strip or in that mall or in that section of town. They want to be first or they want to be positioned differently. You have to get positioning down, and first is one of the two rules. And it's not just marketing, it's the news media. When they go to the scene, they want to be first on the scene. That's a human nature thing. So when Paul writes to young Timothy and says, I urge you, this is serious business, first of all, 
get this position right. Petitions, prayers, intercession. That's praying for other people, asking requests of God. Thanksgiving, make sure I don't just go to God just for what I want, but tell him thank you for what I do have. That you do that first, and you do that for all people, because he knows it has to be a priority. It has to be a priority. I have an uncle who's in heaven now. Godly man, great godly man. After he had passed and gone to heaven, I was talking with a friend about him, and we were just remembering some good things. And he said, you know, it was your uncle that taught me how to have a daily quiet time. I said, I didn't know that. He said, yeah. He had this rule. No physical food until I get spiritual food. Wow, I never knew that about my uncle. He goes, yeah, he might have a cup of coffee or a glass of water, but he would not eat until he had time in the Bible, hearing from God, and then talking back to God. He did not get going on his day. And he figured if he didn't have time to have time with God, then he didn't have time to eat. I go, but that would make me have time with God. <laughs> and maybe that will help you to realize how much you need this. First of all, we need time with the Lord, spiritual food. So when you roll out of bed, just say, good morning, Lord. Uh, good morning. And I, I, you, you'll walk with me this week, this day, this hour. You'll have moments when you're in an elevator. You just mark it that when I'm in an elevator, I'm praying for the meeting I'm going to. When I'm coming down from the elevator, I'm praying for the people in my office. When I'm driving in traffic, I'm praying for the people around me or the community that I drive through. Not praying on them, praying for them. There's a difference. You'll get that later, maybe. Maybe not. But as you arrive home in the evening, as you enter your subdivision, you pray for the people on your block. And you begin that habit. When you go by a school, you pray for that, those teachers and those bus drivers and for the safety of those kids. And... And this is the one that catches us. Get, go to the end of that verse. Thanksgiving be made for, what's it say? All people. Right now we're praying for the people of Houston. They're, it's easy to pray for them because it's hurting. It's a desperate situation, right? But I have to be honest with you. Did, did we pray for the white supremacists a few weeks ago in Charlottesville? Did we pray for them? No, we were agitated by them. And I, I love this too, because I always think, you know, that kid's got a mom. The guy with the tiki torch running down the street screaming. He came from a home. He's got a mom who's at home going, oh my gosh, that's my kid. He's going to get himself killed. You ever think about praying for that mom or that kid on the street? I love it too when the evening news, it just happens about once a year. Some kid will run out on the street like, I'm, I'm all that tough. And then mama comes. Have you seen that in the news? Like mama comes and goes, give me my kid. I want him, you come here now. And now the kid's running towards the police going, protect me. <laughs> Mama's got me. And the police go, <laughs> good luck with that kid. You know? And she'll grab her kid and take him home. You know, think about that. What if that were your kid in there? What if that were your kid who was masked and in a violent protest, pray for those. Pray for the police officers on the streets because it's, it's just one act of, of wisdom after another they have to have. I, I've gotten in the habit, and my, my kids will tell you, so we, we drive by and there's an accident and there's a, a, uh, an ambulance and you know, a couple of police cars and they're writing reports. I'm thinking, this is how second accidents happen. You do know that, right? Someone's steering and drives right into the ambulance or drives right into the cop car and um and so I, i'll just oh lord help them i don't know the situation i can't slow down and i can't look 
because I need to be driving, I'll just go, oh, God bless them. This is not the way they wanted their day to go. You pray for everyone. Pray for the people that agitate you. Pray for them. Even when you don't like them, pray for them. Okay, now that's one, make it a priority. Secondly, get a plan. And that plan comes in the words of Jesus, Luke chapter 11. Jesus is praying in a certain place, a certain time. The disciples hear him and see him and they go, teach us to pray. And he says, okay, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. He gives, and this is shown. And I don't, think this is, I don't think this is prescriptive prayer. I think this is a descriptive prayer. I think this is showing you, here's an outline for you to pray. Let me give you the seven Ps that I see out of the passage. And one is, it, when he says, our Father, you, it's his person. He is my Father. Because I trust Jesus as Savior, he's my Father. Now, that may not seem all that much to you, but let me just tell you what happened with me not many days ago. I, I had a full day. I had meetings. I had stuff I had to do I didn't want to do. I had pe- people I wouldn't need to see. And then I'm off in the car to another place. And I'm struggling, quite honestly. And I, and I go, and people go, hey, pastor, hey. You know, because every, every day I have is a good day, right? <laughs> How you doing? Fine. I just lied. And I'm in the car by myself. And um, because you get past or past, like you can solve this. If they can just get in front of you, if you you're, and then if you can, then what's wrong with you? You know, okay. I'm not, I, I'm, I can't do everything. I'm not a miracle worker. I just can't. So expectations are, are difficult. And I'm driving in the car and I'm by myself. And I don't even want to hear the music on the radio. It's bad when I don't want to hear news, sports, music, doesn't matter. I just shut it off, and it occurs to me, you know what? When God looks down from heaven at me, he doesn't go, oh, there's a good pastor. He doesn't do that. It occurred to me in the moment. He looks down, and i got to say without crying, he looks down at me, and he goes, there's my son. And whatever, he's still my son. And he calls me Father. You get this? It's not about what you do. It's not what I do. It's who we are before God. He's our Father. Get that. So when you go to pray, call him Father. And then, it's not just his person. Hallowed be your name. Realize his position, his place, which is purity. Look at his program. It's your kingdom. I'm not coming just to... God, I need this, this, and this. Call me when you have it. No, it isn't that. I am actually saying it's all about your agenda, God. That comes before my agenda. Give us this day our daily bread. I want, I need, I have certain things I need. Provision. Forgive us the sins. It's, it's his pardon. I can only do this because I am pardoned. And then that I want to take on his posture that I am forgiving with others around me. And then finally, his protection. Don't lead me to temptation. Help me, Lord, to stand strong. You get this? So when you pray, that becomes a grid that you pray with. That's the plan. And then you can fill in names and places and stuff, your challenges of the day. So get a plan. And then thirdly, uh, let it just become the practice of his presence. 
Hebrews 4. We don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. We, that's not what we have. We have one who has been tempted, like we are, yet without sin. So he gets us. And let us approach God's throne with confidence. So we can walk before the Lord and go, okay, you get us and we can walk with confidence because we're going into this place of mercy. See the text, verse 16? And we find grace that helps us in our time of need. So we have a God who gets us, understands us. He pleads our case. And so we're gonna stay close to him because it's the throne of mercy and of grace. And the next thing you know, I'm standing close and I am practicing the presence of being with him. And the fact is I desperately need him. So each moment, just in a moment, when you're walking down a hall, you'll say, God, help me mark my steps that I live well for you. Make me a woman of character. Make me a man of integrity. Oh, God, help me. Every time you, everywhere you go, use those moments to practice the presence of the Lord with you. And you know what's going to happen? What will happen is as we scatter this week and we go do our thing, we'll scatter, but we will be united because we will all be calling upon the same Father who's in heaven and we will be united in prayer. Amen? Amen. Let's bow for prayer and let's stand as we pray. For these dear people, Lord, I pray this would be either the beginning or the continuation of dynamic prayer and enjoying you forever. And my prayer for you is that God himself, the God of peace, would sanctify you through and through. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Unite us together, we pray, in prayer, in Christ's wonderful name, amen.